We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello everyone and welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Now Media Group. Today we welcome Kayla Matthews to Business Matters. Kayla, thanks for joining me today. Thanks a lot for having me on. No problem. I know we've known each other for a while, but I've never had like such a formal interview process with Kayla. So looking forward to today to digging a little bit deeper on it. So um, so Caleb is the owner of Encompassed by Dreams, um, where he does dream interpretations. We're going to dig into that. I'm excited to learn about that. Um, you also work with Pacific Coast Com and either have or had, I'm not sure, a career in modeling. So I don't know yeah. if that's still happening. Yeah. Yeah, freelance modeling a little bit now these days now, but I, I was with an agency for about five or six years, but now I'm just doing more on the cuff creative stuff. So cool. And you have a, I know you have a passion for, you play soccer and tennis, uh, and I'm sure I've missed something. Golf too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were just away. You're watching tennis, weren't you? Yeah, in Montreal, we're watching tennis, the uh, Rogers Cup, uh, Bank of Montreal Cup now. It's called, we keep changing all these names for all right, these right. stuff. But in Montreal, beautiful, great facility. Um, it was in the old Central Park where they used to have some of the uh, expos stuff like years and years and years ago, right? So cool. uh, really good venue. And then got to play some golf as well and uh, explore Quebec. So beautiful city, Montreal. Wow. So did I'm not a, I mean, I know enough tennis just to know enough tennis, but did I just read that did Federer just retired? Did I read that right? Yeah. Sad day. My heart is broken. I was a huge, uh, huge Federer fan. Um, thankfully got to see him play in Wimbledon 2016. Me and my dad went to go and experience the hoity-toity English culture and <laughs> have strawberries and cream and watch uh, guys and gals like play on beautiful grass courts that are like stunning so yeah that was roger at the height of his career and then a few years later he started getting knee injuries and kind of went downhill from there so wow so a couple of big names retired from tennis because williams yep serena roger and then uh ralph has dropped a little hints there that he oh, might because really? <laughs> he's married now and i think his wife's about to have a kid so uh you know it's like coming of age when you know first the you know uh, serena retires then the queen passes away and now uh, now roger's retired it's like i feel like all the people we've known are almost our whole lives are uh, kind of uh, calling it quits in one oh, way or another well, this isn't a tennis podcast, even though we probably could talk about, <laughs> about tennis and soccer. So we, we want to we kind of learn a little bit about your journey. So I'm curious, uh, starting way back, Caleb, as a kid, where's home? Where, 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 did, where, where were you born? Where, where, did that, uh, where did that all start? Born in Vancouver, raised in Langley, Surrey, British Columbia, you know, kind of Langley, Surrey area. It's like a suburb of Vancouver now. Like every time right. I go back and visit it, I feel like you go into Langley and then you drive like 30 minutes and you're already crossing over the Portman Bridge, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fraser Bridge, but Langley's changed. Uh, it used to be really, really small, almost like, uh, not like Lake Country small, but kind of in between that. Uh, born and raised in Langley um, and then uh, growing up in the Lower Mainland all the way till my early teen years. But really that's where dreams really came alive for me. Started right. dreaming at the age of six years old and really had vivid dreams and 
you know, back then didn't really have cable TV or play video games all that much. So it was like, okay, this has to be coming from right, an, so. an antenna somewhere. So that's the place that I was born and raised was in the lower mainland, but mainly Langley. So what, what, what made, like why the move to Kelowna? What brought you to the Okanagan then? We were supposed to come to the Okanagan a lot sooner uh, when I was 10 or 11, 12 years old when my dad was working full time with TELUS Communications, uh, BC okay. Tel back in the days, I'm sure right. you remember. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he tried getting a transfer to the Okanagan, but everybody at the time wanted to go to the Okanagan. This people still do, but, uh, even more so back then in, uh, I guess the, uh, late nineties, early two right. thousands. So the transfer didn't work out. So we ended up going to Calgary instead. And then that's where I spent the majority of my teen years into my early twenties. And then finally got back here, um, when <laughs> I got a transfer out. So it's kind of like a triangle. You went from Langley to Calgary and then to Kelowna itself. Interesting. So you mentioned, you, you, you kind of give a, a little bit of a sneak peek into like my next question. You said you were six years old, but like you're six years old, you realize, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I even have the right word, sort of this talent for, you didn't really discover you had a talent for dream interpretation at the time, but you started having these vivid real life dreams for lack of a better word. Like, is that, like, how did that, how did that come about? You just, you're waking up and you're like, holy, like that was vivid. Like I really... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like it started happening like that, you know, like a lot of a lot of people's first experiences, especially as children, more or less is surrounded with nightmares. My, mine wasn't really that way. It was it was the opposite effect. I felt um, I felt like I was stepping into an adventure storybook and I was with, uh, you know, seeing wonderful things and hearing uh, just uh, voices that just sounded better than even uh, even musical artists in their best notes too, right? Or seeing vivid colors and animals talking to me or just um, very, very unique dreams that I didn't have a context for. And um, I was like, this can't be coming from movies because I don't watch movies. We were on a very strict, you're only watching Hockey Night in Canada, <laughs> and the occasional Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Winnie the Pooh, and that's it. So a lot of this other stuff I was seeing there you're right at the age of six the dreaming began before really comprehending what they meant and I was a homeschooler um yay hope for homeschoolers so whoever's yeah. listening to this right now homeschooling is works you know there I think uh, there is a a concept of homeschoolers are just the the nerds and the dweebs that don't have any social interaction skills and uh, are kind of oh lesser in the spectrum of as far as the learning curve goes but me and my two older brothers we were homeschooled all the way through to high into high school uh and my mom included dream interpretation the hebraic method of dream interpretation into the curriculum so when we started having at least i did my brothers these vivid dreams we had to have a context for where they're coming from so that began the journey into interpretation but the age of six was really when the dreams began to like hit home on a nightly basis like nightly so was it was it hard to tell your, like, you know what I mean? Actually from when you're six years old, you don't really know what's, you know, maybe you don't really know what's happening, but was it hard to say something? Like, was it hard to tell your family? Like, Hey, like I'm experiencing something that I haven't experienced before. Like, yeah, I think at first it was like, okay, this is uh this is pretty overwhelming. At first yeah. I was like, you know, it feels so real. And as a kid, you know, like your, your space and your environment's like your safe place. So at first right. I thought, okay, somebody like, busting into my bedroom and like uh, somebody like breaking into my room or you know not that I ever felt like I was completely in danger anyways it's more like this is weird mom, this isn't mom and dad this isn't my brothers this is yeah. something else right what's happening and then as I started processing that 
um, I think as the weeks and months rolled on, then I eventually started opening up to my parents being like, okay, this is, this is recurring. This isn't just like a one-off thing. I need to start talking to my, to my mom and dad about it. So we had open communication about that, especially with my mom and I though. And was it in the family? Like did, did, does your, does your, did your mom experience or your brother's experience the same thing? Yeah, my mom was same similar to me, very vivid dreamer from a young age as well. Um, so she passed down kind of her um, roots in saying, right. "Hey, this is this is you know this is normal for people to dream. That you're not like a a freak or any way of that, or like uh, doing anything wrong. It's actually something to lean into, not something to be afraid of." Because as I said, most people out there are usually experiencing nightmares and they don't want to dream, so they shut right. it off. Uh, so my mom was very instrumental with her foundation from a young age for her as well with that. My brothers, they would dream as well too frequently, but not as often, but they definitely would have dreams as well. So we were very much into the dreams as a family. I kind of ran with it a bit more in the years growing into my adult years. Uh, me and my brothers, we all went to a, um, later on, fast forwarding into our, our teen years, we went to a school of the art of dream interpretation in the United States. So we all kind of went to that school for nine months, but as far as start to finish and continuing on and running with it, you know, I've run with it. My mom's run with it. My dad's been involved a bit too, but mainly my mom and I have really carried that through the years. Interesting. So how did, did your mom introduce that into your homeschool curriculum when, once, she, you know, because she knew you brought this up to her or did she bring that in not knowing like you know, um, I think it was a combination of both like she started talking like we were very much a family that believes in the Hebraic method so family studies the scriptures you know the ancient texts and so at this time when I started having these dreams we really were exploring you know like the stories of the bible and the stories of you know just uh out east and different things you know daniel and the you know his dreams and his dream coat like it's a broadway musical right yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry joseph joseph not daniel joseph yeah. and his technical dream coat daniel had dream interpretations for kings as well but we were learning about this in scripture but those roads kind of intersected so my moms usually have a very keen understanding of what's happening before something right. happens or is happening so I, I think she knew that i was having these experiences based on the fact that i would take a long time to get up in the morning or go to bed early because I was excited to get to sleep, right? So um, I think she knew and then we started having the conversations and she wanted to bring that into the curriculum to put a context for this isn't just you going out into some realm, but actually this is, this is something with historical implications and spiritual roots as well too, so. So you mentioned you, you and your brother went to, or brothers or brother went to uh, a school in the US, where was that? Uh, that was in New Hampshire, a little town called New, New London, New Hampshire. So it's like two and a half hour drive from New Hampshire to Salem, Massachusetts or Boston, the Boston area. Um, so very small town, like you're talking about 25, 30,000 people, like very, very small. Uh, the, like a pizzeria was the one of the main restaurants. Big thing. <laughs> big, big, huge thing. So that was called Streams Academy. Um, so a school of dream interpretation. So that was in the United States, New Hampshire. And that was our kind of hybrid school that my parents strongly suggested me and my brothers go to, to get it starting to get into the adult. Okay. Exploring this on your own, not just because right. mom and dad were recommending it, but really for your spiritual journey, explore what this is all about and how it has to really implicate for your, 
daily life. Cause I think a lot of people uh, aren't aware that our dreams are really an antenna or receiver, not just for cool things to experience, but also to equip us for dealing with life as well. So Streams Academy in the United States, New Hampshire, New London is where we went. So how did that, I'm curious, like as a curriculum, like what, what was that experience? Like what, what were they teaching and what were you actually, was that an area? Cause having these dreams is one thing, but now being able to interpret them for others, I would assume is a, a whole different thing, right? Is that where you learned that skill? Yeah, well, homeschooling was really where it started uh, with my mom, like writing them down, journaling. So journaling is really key because, you know, we have all these ideas and things, but unless we write them out, and you guys know this because you yeah. deal with so many interviews and articles and stories, if you don't write out what you have in here or in here, then it's just a, an idea or, you know, right. a dream, right? So yeah. homeschooling is where that started with the journaling and with asking, what is this a picture of? And, you know, my, my mom and I would go through some interpretations together saying, what do you think here? What do you think there? But in the streams, it kind of took it on to uh, just accelerating that uh, and confirming with what my mom and my parents were really teaching me. And so within Streams Academy, part of what the curriculum looked like, the first thing we did before even delving into dreams is really the art of hearing God or lecto divina, you know, that's uh, I think Italian for uh, the art of hearing God or Greek in that re regard, but really just uh, a monastic way of living and really just uh, embracing um, not having a chaotic life, right. you know, like our culture so demands the phones, you know, the, uh, the email, the, you know, the, the going on the hamster wheel of everyday life. And, you know, we have to, at some degree, but I think that monastic pulling away and also just getting into, okay, what's God saying? How's God speaking? Part of the curriculum was, you know, we'd study the lives of the ancients, the ancients, like in scriptures, like Joseph and Daniel or Jesus. And then also the, the mystics as well, too, like uh, Joan of Arc, you know, very documented Harriet Tubman, um, you know, mm -hmm. Teresa of Avila. So different different crossroads. Um, so our listeners, whether they're Catholic or Protestant, will understand some of the names I shared, but really putting a context to this isn't just ideas and some hocus pocus thing. This is actually roots that is historically documented through people in modern history and ancient history. So we learned a lot about the mystics, a lot about characters in the scriptures and unpacking parables and dreams that Jesus and Daniel and Joseph and these guys talked about. And then really just going on it into the next level, which is we would share our dreams after hours, after school hours and really journal and package them. And obviously there's a, there's a, there's a ton of stuff that would take hours and hours to share that more yeah. than we have, but, but really it's um, we would just scratch the surface and really get going to that. So, so it is, is this, if I would ask, like, is this, spiritual or scientific or both like it, it, you know it's I know you you know you've mentioned sort of the um you know the religious side for lack of a better word I guess but it's not all about that like this isn't about doesn't matter if you're Catholic or not like that's that's not what we're talking about it but do, is it more spiritual or scientific or both I think it's both I, I really do um like a third of our lives so just throw some science out there for our listeners a third of our lives documented is spent dreaming so by the time we reach 60 years of age some of us listening to this call or this video or live right now is that 60 or has yet to reach 60 but by the time we reach 60 years of age we'll have slept 20 years of our life so a third of our lives scientifically documented is spent in the dream state so it is very much scientific. Uh, there's REM sleep, there's deep sleep, there's all these sorts of things that really help us feel refreshed in the morning. Um, and part of what competes for 
you know, the science of it is really that static, you know, there's so much, so much in the air and the airways, right? One of the things I recommend to our listeners is, you know, when you're getting to sleep or when they wanting to remember your dreams and get into REM sleep, speaking on scientific terms, is really limit the technology before you go to bed because it messes with the sleep cycle, right? So this is a very scientific thing because we do spend a lot of our lives dreaming. Um, and then you're talking, Rob, as well as spirituality as well. Like that's one of the main things uh, when I'm at a, a fair or a convention or a conference or a Zoom call or, you know, pre-pandemic days did a lot more of like group gatherings and you know, start to get back into that more now as we're heading out of that. But uh, one of the first questions that me and my team or myself would ask the dreamer, the person to share a dream sitting in front of me and us is what does spirituality mean to you? And so some people, spirituality might just be a feeling. It could be, I believe in light and darkness and I don't believe in God or religion or anything. And that's totally fine right. because as an interpreter and as a team of interpreters, we want to be able to connect with the a person who's sitting in front of us on a level right. that is comfortable with them. So I've dealt with hundreds and hundreds of people, if not thousands of people over my life, my parents have as well. Of whether you're atheist, whether you're agnostic, whether you're you know Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, New Age, um, somebody who believes in light and energy and dark energy, whatever, um, that's the context. Is the person coming before us, and then we share from that point on in a very natural and very calm and uh, comfortable way. So, I, I, to answer your question, I believe dreams are both scientific because there's proven in science that they are important to our lives and also spiritual as well. Well, and I think the common about dominant denominator sort of in what you're saying is everyone dreams, right? So it doesn't matter what it is. But it's interesting because I think I mentioned this to you last time you and I chat is that I very seldom or if I remember my dreams. And I'm like, why? Right. And I remember you were asking me, like, what do you do before you go to bed? Like, what do you because I don't like that. And I know we've been having this talk. I'm like, I'm going to start thinking about it. And I'm like, I wake and I'm like, I don't remember them. And I'm like, it's interesting. Is that common or what am I doing? So I'm not remember. Why am I not remembering what or am I thinking I'm not remembering? Like, yeah. you know I mean, for, for sure, there could be a host of factors. Um well, I know, knowing you, uh, that you have a ton of stuff on your plate right. uh, that you deal with. Uh, so your, your right side and left side of your brain is during the day and also subconsciously heading into sleep, working on overdrive. Like, you know, like as human beings, um, our brains are one of the most important aspects of our, of our entire three-part being, I believe. And Sometimes it can be an ally and sometimes it can be a blockade, <laughs> but it really depends on uh, where the, each person's individual, like a snowflake. So I, I would say, I would say that in, in, in your case, I think, I think based on the career that you have and, and a lot of stuff that could be happening, heading into the end of your day, it sometimes takes some more time than others to ease into something. It's, it's very much like if you go to a chiropractor or a physiotherapist, some just ease into the um, procedure and some it takes a lot longer to yeah. not stiffen up. So <laughs> it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to say, um, but I would say, you know, other things I'm thinking of as well too is really sometimes when I was younger uh, and really started accelerating into the dream cycle and the dream state, I was, people would come to me like yourself saying, I don't remember my dreams. It's been ages, eons or long time since I've remembered a dream or I can't remember a dream at all. And I'll say, okay, well, as you're heading to sleep, maybe just use your imagination because as a child, children, imagination is one of the most powerful tools to be able to 
experience something like in Narnia, you know, like uh, <laughs> like she saw Aslan and then she experienced that dream state of talking to Aslan, whereas her siblings were like so focused on fighting the white witch that they they didn't get to experience Aslan, right? So yeah. she put that there and then she walked through the, the wardrobe and then she she got to see it, right? So I think in that state, an, an encouragement for you, Rob, and also for our listeners is if, you, if you're somebody that identifies with what Rob's talking about, you don't remember your dreams, like if ever, or it's been a long time, before you go to sleep, put something in your mind, something, you know, whether it's a teddy bear, whether it's like a beautiful grass, walkway or a pathway and just put something in your visual paint canvas in your mind and just think about that you know go to your happy place you know as happy you know, it's like go to your happy place and, and let everything follow and i think that can paint a picture in a dream life too so just just some tools and some keys yeah interesting so i'm curious so you, you you you've gone through the schooling um you know you know it's something that's very powerful with you is so how does the business come about how does encompass by dreams come about like where you sitting around a table one day and you're like, I'm going to start a company and do this. Like, you know, like, so where did that, how did that come together? Well, I think for a dream interpretation, I think most people think, oh, this is something like, it's like a, oh, it's like a, it's a gimmick. It's something you go to a fair for and go to like a similar to like a fortune teller or like a palm reader. And honest, honestly, I've had people ask me like, what's the difference between you and a palm reader and a fortune teller at like one of those fairs? And like, well, I think for them, there's a lot of emotional psyche and a lot of hype into it. Whereas with dream interpretation, I truly believe, as we talked before, it's scientific. It's right. like water. Right. This is apple juice in here, but it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like water. Everybody drinks it. Everybody experiences it in a different way. And so I was like, okay, what can I find as a venue to be able to reach mm. any kind of person, not just somebody who walks through the doors of a new age fair or a spiritual festival, and reach people where they're at because there's you know there's regular consultants or psychologists or people that will sit one-on-one -on -one with you for a session but there's not a dream consulting that i know of and anywhere that i know of that actually does this when right. i started as a practice and most people would tell me that they had never heard of such a thing so i think okay email through obviously facetime or video time or one-on-one -on -one you know, sessions or just events so i just made it very creative not just in one lane but you know if you if you want somebody to be able to analyze your dreams for yourself individually or as a group then this is something i wanted to start so in 2012 encompassed by dreams i founded encompassed by dreams then and that was really when i started ending that cycle of uh, going to you know dream interpretation school and spiritual school in the united states came back home was like all right i'm going to work a nine to five job obviously with pacific right. coast mom and tell us but i do have this passion so I want this passion to go into dream consulting and work that creative side of my brain too. Cause yeah, if I'm just, yeah, doing, sure. just doing quotes and cell phones and TV <laughs> and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to be like, ah, no, I, I just need something else. So to answer your question, yes, encompassed by dreams, I want it to be a practical hands-on approach for consulting, but through the dream lens of analyzing, interpreting dreams in a hybrid um, method that uh, was unusual. So what does, and I know this, everyone's different but I'm curious like what does the process look like so I come I come book a session with Caleb what does that look like so some people might be listening going well like what is he going to want to know what's it like what's this look like like just curious from a from a holistic point of view what does that kind of look like that that process yeah, great great question so after the session's booked whether that's through email or through phone call or through messaging me however right. or to seeing in person 
the way it would work, sit down in front of somebody and uh, you know introduce yourself, uh, basics. But the little, the less I know, the better, because it truly then comes from a place of really tapping into um, that empathic, you know, really just reading and pulling, pulling forth the gold of what's there. So, what I said before of what does spirituality mean to you? That's, that's really the main question that I want to ask, because I don't want to use language in my interpretation skills that's going to be a trigger or something that really doesn't identify with the person or something maybe was a, a traumatic experience maybe somebody had a bad experience with religion or with sure on the blanks so I, I really want to make sure that it's as practical and as easy as possible so i'll say rob you know nice to meet you um you have a dream to share you say yes caleb i have this short dream to share I'll say, okay, what does spirituality mean to you? You share that. And then now I have a context for using the language that I think will be useful for you. Right. And then I always like to say to the person that I'm interpreting for that this is just my perspective, like an onion. There are many layers of an onion and there are many different angles and just interpretations you take to a dream. So my answer isn't the this is the answer because <laughs> some people who are into spiritual readings and things like that, they, they think they try to project that onto the person. And it really, if you lose the connection, you lose yeah. the authenticity. So for me, it's like, here's what I'm going to say. And as one of my great spiritual teachers mentioned to me to pass on, I always pass on to my clients and that is um, eat the meat and spit out the bones. So if there's something there that doesn't resonate with you, you have full freedom to put that away and just say, no, that actually doesn't really make sense to me. And I'll always ask after the interpretation is done, be honest, you know, like I want to make sure that you're receiving what is sustenance for you and you're pushing aside what doesn't make sense for you. So I always give that freedom to the person to be able to give honest feedback if they're comfortable and also just know that they don't have to take everything I say at face value. Fair enough. But I do believe that, uh, yeah, that that opens up for a really good experience. Interesting. Is there, is there, is, are there bad dreams and good dreams? Like, do, do, do you interpret dreams and go, oh, wow, like, I have to give you some bad news? Like, is that actually, like, does that happen? Or is it just? Yeah, there's, there's dreams from different sources. I like to say there are three sources. We can have dreams from ourselves. So if I'm dreaming of, oh, I want to win the lottery, I really want to win yeah, the, right. <laughs> the lottery. I'm like, well, that's probably my mind just right. predicting that. There's another dream where it's really, really dark. And it's like, man, this is really dark stuff. Like being chased around with a knife and feel like I'm going to be stabbed. Like a lot of people have had those kind of dreams, right? It's like, okay, what possibly good could there be in that? Or, or maybe my pet died in my dream. Does this mean my pet's going to die? Or, and then there's those other dreams where there are like positive dreams about right. hope and lifting up. Right. So for me, if I, or my team, we see something in the dream that we know could be bad news coming down somebody's way. I'll never actually say that out loud. I'll always flip the opposite. So it's like my best example, Rob, would be if we go to, if I go to a trainer and the trainer looks and says, all right, I see your potential, but I also see where you need work. They're going to focus on, okay, here's what I'm going to focus on what you can do rather than what, okay, you can't lift that much reps, but here's what you can do. No, they're going to say, let's start with this and build our way towards success. So for a dream, I like to say there's two sides to the coin. So if our listeners have a coin in their wallet, then they can flip over the coin. One side's heads, one side tails. In a lot of people's dreams, there's a lot of dark stuff, but I'll always flip the coin when I see it. And so 
I will usually the opposite of what something that's bad is usually something that's that's good. Right. So I say that um, usually something good is coming down the path for your life. You know, it may be in the daytime where you've been experiencing an unusual season of just things are really tougher than normal. And then something else good happens over there. Well, I'll focus on the fact that there is like a, a real breakthrough coming, you know, it, daytime parables really help for, for interpretation for dreams for night. Anyways, that's a rabbit trail, but I'll no. say that uh, flip a uh, flipping. If I see something bad and I know something looks bad there, I'll never actually say that because we all know that we're dealing with crap in life, but it's sure. like, I want to flip it and give somebody the most positive news possible with a, uh, with a bad dream. Interesting. Um, is this something that can be taught like, or is it kind of inherently in you? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is it of both? I would okay. say, so yeah. I would say all of us are like electrical wires. We right. all have the ability right. to plug into a main source. Um, how awake or how plugged in or how much electricity is going through those circuits right. is up to us. Right. So okay. I think there's a co-laboring, a partnership kind of invitation for, for us in the realm of really getting into this embedded like like a language like my my brother my older brother he works for the airlines and so you know we we're born in the same family we all spoke english he spoke english i spoke english but he really mastered spanish especially not just going through school but really practicing it so he wouldn't lose the art because some people they go to language school immersion french immersion spanish immersion and they don't use it you lose it that's what that's what my teacher said to me also when we were in the dream interpretation school if you don't practice it you don't write them down you don't practice interpreting dreams you will lose this it's it's, it's gonna go so i would say practice makes perfect as far as just really delving into it so i do believe that all of us have the potential to get to the place where we're really immersed in this it's a question of how much we want it yeah interesting um are you okay for a little couple more minutes yes yes continue to go as much yeah. as you want we're gonna we're gonna play a little game it's gonna call would you rather i'm gonna take a little bit of a sidestep and then we're gonna come back and wrap up with a few more questions so i have 10 questions for you it's just uh some fun questions uh, we're gonna get to know you a little bit more outside of sort of your what we've been talking about so um would you rather read the book or would you rather watch the movie oh that's tough <laughs> uh, it depends on what it is um well i would say i probably would rather watch the movie okay um would you rather someone see all the photos in your phone or read all your text messages photos, <laughs> <Okay>. photos. <laughs> um would you would you be would you rather be forced to sing along to, or dance along to every song you hear dance Okay, I was going to say, are you a karaoke guy? Caleb? <laughs> uh, not very good at karaoke. <laughs> um, would you would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? Funniest. Okay. You have to pick, would you rather be Batman or Iron Man? Oh, Batman. Okay. Um, Friday night comes along. Are you someone that would rather go out and, and you know go for dinner or would you rather stay in, order pizza, watch a movie? in-house like what, what, what would you rather do in-house okay <laughs> I think the pandemic's made everyone want to do that um <laughs> you have to give up one coffee or wine which one would you do easy coffee because i don't drink it <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> tea. Tea? you drink tea or no yeah i drink tea yeah so i guess between tea and wine i probably would give up tea tea still okay um you have to live would you rather live in a tree house or in a cave hmm 
A treehouse. This will be interesting one for you. Would you rather be able to read people's minds or predict the future? Mm, read people's minds. I'm like, you kind of little bit do that kind of, <laughs> of anyway. So, yeah. uh, and last one, uh, would you rather only be able to use a fork and no spoon or be able to use a spoon or no fork the rest of your life? Are you a spoon or fork person? I'm a fork person. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm with you. You know why I say that? It's because I think anything I can eat with a spoon, I can probably drink it. So yeah. My not my fork so exactly um awesome thanks for playing along so i'm curious i know you've touched this on a little bit do you get a lot of pushback do you get like when you're talking about this or like caleb you're crazy like i know i, I know i'm being like but do you get pushback from people because it's like it is that sometimes it's people don't want to believe this stuff right like so uh do you have do you deal with that a lot when you're at when you're places and you're like this is what i do and they're like like come on now yeah yeah no i that's a great question and yes there it depends on the environment where i'm at but i would say probably the two main environments that I've, it's been the main struggle to get through to people and there's been the you're crazy or man this this is nuts <laughs> i would say is around religious people mm. like fully religious people sure. who believe that oh dreams they're that doesn't happen to us anymore that died off in the last prophets died off or oh uh uh, dreams oh that's occultic that's new age that's you know and they immediately give credit to darkness for something that god really created in the beginning so religious people number one but num number two i would say people who don't believe in anything they don't believe in spirituality that maybe the atheistic path of everything that happens is just meant is this meant to be and i don't have any control over it and nothing really is guiding me i'm guiding myself kind of closed off to anything Yep. So I think that would be the other struggle is if someone doesn't believe that dreams are a compass yep. and that's kind of in my name for dreams encompassed by dreams. Like it's a, it's a compass yeah. for our yeah. life. So whatever you believe about spirituality, that's up to you, but it, it is hard to get through to people who are entrenched in something where they don't believe that dreams have a direction. Fair enough. That's but fair. I would say anybody who believes in spiritual or energy or anything would be like, okay, the world is my oyster kind of thing what's going to happen people who are looking to explore the explorers are easiest to get through right. to right it's the settlers that are the hardest to get through to. <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. i like it i like it yeah. so yeah. if someone's listening to this or you know they're going to read this after we publish it is that um what's the best way for them to connect if there's interest or like you this is interesting i'd love to hear more talk figure out if this is a fit for me not um they want to explore uh what do you recommend what do they do sure i would say shoot me an email first and foremost uh encompassed by dreams at gmail.com so essentially the spelling of uh encompassed by dreams uh yeah. so encompassed by dreams at gmail.com uh obviously can phone me in my cell phone 250-878-3424 shoot me a call or a text uh, and whether it's a one on one session for wanting to explore what this looks like or wanting to maybe get a group involved of, mm. hey, come, come over to a social event and talk a bit about dreams, interpret dreams over wine and crackers or doing an event for a business or I've, I've have a lengthy experience over the last 15 or 16 years of not just interpreting dreams but doing public speaking, especially a lot more before the pandemic, but now. Now that things are starting to open up a bit more, I think those things will start to come to the forefront. But 
yeah, whether it's public speaking, whether it's group training or whether it's a group session or whether it's individual, people can email me or call me or text me and uh, set something up, but I'm more than open to any or all of the above. Awesome. So and last question I have for you is, what's the future? Like, where do you, where do you want to take this? Do you have a vision? I know, you know, right now you have a full-time job and you're doing this sort of as a, I don't want to say passion, but it kind of is, but it's on the side for you. But do you see eventually this is something you want to, you can do more? I mean, you know, do you want to keep growing this? Do you want to add people to your team? Like where, where's the vision? Sure. Yeah, no, the vision would be, I definitely am, I want to create pods of, uh, of people that uh, really are interested in this. Uh, this is something that I did years ago when I was in uh, spiritual school in, in California. So we'd have like pods of people and more home group settings and learning about the Hebraic art of dream interpretation. So doing pods, training up a team, of course, that's within the vision as well. Um, and then with my existing team that I have right now myself, I really want to um, get into those realms uh, where people maybe the, it's the last thing they think of that could really be a helpful tool or direction. So, like I know, um, like counsel with people who are maybe political people, like you know, like uh, you know, Pierre Paul Vera is there in your meetings as well too, right? Yeah, yeah. So politicians who are tired of looking for answers just uh, through studying texts. It's like, oh, wow, I had this dream and, you know, and this yeah, thing yeah, like that. Yeah. Or, or business companies where they're like, you know what, like, let's, let's, let's go past the natural frame of ideas. Let's look to the spiritual. Um, I know that one of the, I think, Kickspike over in Penticton, uh, his, uh, his company, uh, really, uh, the Backmans, I'm, I'm not sure if you yeah, know, yeah. Your husband. I, I know the company for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, their, their company came through a dream like that uh, the, the, for the kick spike. So that was based on a dream that he had to complete his prototype and his blueprint for that. So, so really small business, the political realm, um, yeah. really these, these realms where maybe it's the last thing people think of, but maybe people should be more open to. So I'm, open to building connections that really wanted to infiltrate those areas and uh, show the importance and the value of it that it's not just a oh there's a holistic fair going on down the street there's there's deeper value and really building those individual fr friendships relationships and connections through business and through colleagues but that's where i see it going is really giving counsel to people who really shift policies and decisions at the business level and at the political level because I think history tells us that that's what dream interpreters did. So that's really where I want to head. Interesting. Well, a lot planned for you <laughs> while you play tennis and soccer and golf and all the other fun stuff as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Caleb, thanks for uh, chatting today. I think it was it was awesome. Hopefully, you know, people got at least a little bit more knowledgeable of something they maybe weren't knowledgeable about. So I think that's you know the reason we do these. So it's hopefully it's you know people there are some interest and and do reach out to Caleb if there's any questions, comments, anything. Like I think yeah, I know I know you've known you for long. You like to kind of meet people, discuss you know talk about this. So I think you're you're very comfortable having those discussions, right? Which absolutely, is absolutely yeah, very open to it. So don't be shy, don't be a stranger. You know, like uh, just take that first step because uh, this this realm is for everybody. Everybody can be a dreamer, and everybody has the the uh, the wiring to get there. So. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, uh, Now Media Group, and everybody for having me on. Really, really privilege. And uh, keep dreaming, and uh, keep that journal next to your bed, and uh, expect great things when your head hits the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, everyone should have a great rest of their day and happy dreaming tonight. So <laughs> hopefully, right. there is, and I'm going to try to get better, see if I can start 
taking some of your suggestions, see if I can start journaling and remember some of them, because I'd be curious. Because it's For sure, been... yeah. And uh, feedback as well, too. Obviously, keep me posted of uh, how, how things are received yeah. on that end, too. I'm always open to how, how the session went. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Caleb. Everyone else, have a great rest of your day. Happy dreaming. And thanks for tuning into Business Matters. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.